Welcome to Hunter's Journal. Today's topic is going to be a topic that I have thought about and pondered and wrestled with for the past few months and honestly the past couple years. And it is a topic that has been brought up multiple times in one of my classes at school, Old Testament class in the Bible. And this topic is wisdom. And wisdom, I've always had a interesting and kind of nice, I guess, relationship with wisdom in the sense that I've always strove for it and wanted to have it. And I haven't always necessarily known exactly what it was, but I always knew and could feel that it was something that I desired and something that I wanted. And it was always something that I asked for. I remember back when I was about 10 in my bed one night and I just asked the Lord, Hey, can I have wisdom? And it's been incredible. It's, it's, I'm kind of fascinated by what I did as a kid sometimes. And it's really cool to remember that and see that I strove for something that I didn't really truly understand, but it was in the right, I was going in the right direction, even if, even though I had no idea where I was going. So I wanted I wanted to talk about wisdom and the idea that we can't know or understand it all. And this kind of plays into the pride and humbleness argument, not necessarily argument, just kind of a contradiction and conflict. And I brought up my Old Testament class because it we went through the book of Job and the Job, the book of Job wrestles with so many different questions and mainly the idea of suffering and why good people in the world suffer and why bad people sometimes prosper because in a lot of times people wish that the world would be a certain way that the world would make those who are good and good citizens make them good in life and wealthy and punish those who are evil But that's not always how life works, and that's exactly what we see in the book of Job in the Bible, where Job is an upright man. He is probably the most holy, close to holy man you could get in God's eyes, and he had everything. He had wealth and cattle and the prosperous life you could live back in the age, and due to, uh, as the story goes, the devil coming up and saying, oh, he has no faith. He has all the stuff. He has an easy life. This is not, this is not true faith. He, God allows the suffering to occur and allows the devil to not kill him, but make him go through pain and suffering. But the interesting thing was that Job kept his faith up. He kept going and it made him question a lot of things about God's justice, though. It, especially with his friends, saying that they believed in a just rule and that he had had done some sin to in order to deserve this. But Job knows that he did not sin and that he did not deserve this. So this raised the question for him: Why did God do this? Is he an actual just God? What is he doing? And towards the end of the book, he got pretty prideful, almost, and to the point that he was talking down to God and saying, oh, you're not doing it right. What are you doing? Why are you doing this to me? Why are you going against your principle? 
And to this, God answered by taking him through a trip through the universe, pretty much, and telling him that he, God, created it all, and that Job is only one part of that, one piece of that. He is not the center of attention in this universe. And this really humbled Job and made him realize that he doesn't know it all. He doesn't understand it all, and he can't understand it all. And only God knows truly what is truth and what is justice. And that doesn't always mean you're not going to suffer. And I just think this is a fascinating story because it makes you ask the question, like, why does suffering happen? Everyone, we ask that every day. Why can't every day just be good? Why can't it just be fine? Why does suffering have to exist? And this is a topic that I've just wrestled with just constantly. It's kind of frustrating at times, but we believe the world should behave a certain way, but it's not reality. It's easy to think that we understand it all, but a lot of times in life we don't search for truth. And that's the truth. <laughs> we search for what's effective. A lot of times we go through life and we're trying to find ways to live our best life and survive. And that doesn't always mean we search out for the truth. A lot of this is like, for example, we trust authorities, we dismiss things, just let other people handle it because that's effective. It may not be the truth of the matter and may not be the correct way things should go, but it's effective, such like cheating. It's very effective, but it may not reveal to you the truth of the matter. It's just something that works, and it's not always something that is super effective. And I wanted to bounce off of a few kind of things I have in front of me right now with this topic of wisdom, and I was reading my devotional, my daily devotional I have right here, and it talked about wisdom as in a thing that you strive for and a thing that's not just based on how old you are and how I guess aged and seasoned you are but it's based on what you pursue and it uses the verse James 1 5 where it says if any of you lacks wisdom you should ask God who gives generously to all without finding fault, and it will be given to you. And it talks about wisdom's often equated with the number of wrinkles on a man's face, and it talks about how in instead wisdom actually comes from a place other than time alone. Wisdom most often comes from accepting God's word as truth and living your life according to it. In Proverbs 7, Proverbs 1.7 says that the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. And it seems like there's a constant narrative, in the Bible at least, of humbleness, humbling yourself, realizing that you don't know it all. That's where your mind becomes open to understanding what's around you. Because if you know, if you feel like you know it all, then you will have no reason to pursue any type of truth because you already know it. What you need 
to do is to humble yourself and realize that you don't know it all. You don't always have the right answer. And there's an interesting fact that I was looking over in my social psychology class. And it's the fact that people with less, I guess to put it bluntly, less educated, the people that are less educated tend to have more heavily biased views in the sense that they are more uh, they have more conviction for what they believe in without a doubt what they say is true but on the other end of the spectrum people that tend to be more educated and that's kind of a weird word to say I don't like saying educated just people that have a more open mind tend to and who have studied things more and more and more and have really dove in into the research those are the people that tend to not have such high conviction for their views they see so many different perspectives that they don't know what actually truth is and it seems like this starts with realizing that you don't know it all you the more you research the more you realize that there's an infinite amount of perspectives that go into what you're talking about and I thought this was really cool because or this devotional because it talked about how we sometimes think that living life is how you get wisdom because you look back and you see the lesson but it it's more and like that it just happens and it not something that you have to try for but it's it, this book talks about uh, something that God offers, which is uncommon sense, other th- as opposed to common sense, which is inspired instructions from the Creator Himself on how best to live and honor Him in His world. And it also says, maybe those you say, who maybe those you say are wise beyond their years, have simply been spending their time learning wisdom from its true source. Don't let age fool you. Wisdom is available to all. And godly wisdom surpasses earthly wisdom of anyone you know. So it, in this sense, it has made me really think that wisdom is something you pursue. It's something that you want. And at least for me, I've always kind of wanted wisdom. I've always wanted to go for it. As I mentioned, I've prayed for it as a little kid. And the next thing I wanted to look at was some of my past journals and what I've thought, some of my thought patterns, uh, going, thinking about this topic and just pondering. It goes, the first thing I have dates all the way back to like 2019. So it was my first journal that I ever written in. And I talked about, I don't remember exactly what I was talking about here, but I started by saying, only by God can you be humble and not insecure. I was talking about insecurity because I have a lot of insecurities. So I said, for the secure without, for the insecure without God will boast to prove themselves, which is <laughs> seems like definitely true because you, when you're trying to put yourself on a pedestal, you're trying to feel like trying to feel competent around others, and that 
is something that I at least struggled with in those past years. I mean, even today, honestly. And then I said, live with humble confidence by God, humbled in works, proud to be a child of God. The gospel frees us from idolatry. In everything, I am who I am. All the things I do make me unique. What are those things that make you unique? Be careful to not make those things pivotal to your happiness. And that's key. One of the key things right there. You will live in fear of losing it. Whatever your idol is, it will ask for your life. If you fail them, you will feel deep shame. Because you filled that void with something fallible, put God there, in that void, and you won't be disappointed. You fail Jesus, and he will forgive you. You will feel sorrow, but never lead to despair. I'm not inferior. I'm a child of God. But I'm not superior, for I must, mustn't boast of feeble things. We become like Jesus when we behold him. So this kind of extends some of the things we've already been talking about. And it's the idea of humbleness and the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. It's lowering yourself and realizing that you don't know it all. And having an open mind to the possibilities that there's truth out there that has not yet been unveiled. And there's one thing... I wanted to know, and it was the happiness bit, where I said, be careful not to make those things pivotal to your happiness, the things that make you unique. The, I was talking here about my insecurities, some things that I wish I didn't have, and some qualities that I tried to correct with certain actions and trying to do be someone other than myself. And... This was kind of beautiful almost because I kind of connected it with the idea of being humble and beholding Jesus and realizing that I am who I am for a reason and I don't fully understand my situation, my place, but and I feel uncomfortable at times. It feels like I'm suffering, but God has me in a place where I, he wants me to be. He made me, and he knows everything. He knows where I'm going, why I have the insecurities I have, what he's going to use them for. Yet, I'm trying to correct them as if I know what I'm doing and I know how to fix myself. When in reality, a lot of times, no fixing needs to be made because I it's something that makes me unique, something that makes me me, something that someone and people around you would be fine with in reality. For example, I used to have a really hard time with, I don't know, my hair and how it looked and how I felt about it. I kind of have a little bit of a forehead, you know, and it's bother it bothered me for such a long time to the point where I would spend like 30 minutes to an hour getting ready, getting my hair ready. And I was literally doing nothing to it almost. My hair just wouldn't stay and I would always look around and I would see perfect quote unquote hairstyles. And I would always try to be that, be what I wanted to, to I wanted to be something else. But 
more recently, it just kind of that insecurity almost faded away because I realized no one, no one really cares, and it doesn't matter in a sense. And I just kind of let my what I've been given, I, I guess, as hair, and just kind of let it do its own thing. And now it's something that's not really on my mind. And this is something. It's just, it's an idea that took a long time for me to realize but it I, I put my happiness in having such a perfect hairstyle and if I didn't have that I was somehow inferior and lesser and it took a lot of time but I realized that it's something that's not as I don't need to change if that makes sense this there's another example I have of a quality that I've always had of being a little bit more on the quieter side. Someone who doesn't really raise their voice, who doesn't intervene, who doesn't project. And it's been something that kind of, it was an insecurity of mine for a majority of my life because quiet people almost, at least in my personal experience, I feel like I was looked down upon because I couldn't communicate well, or not, I didn't communicate well, I just didn't communicate a lot. And it would, people that were more talkative would take notice and they would say, oh, yo, why are you so quiet? Why can't you just like talk? And then they would start teasing and they thought it was funny and maybe they thought I thought it was funny, but it wasn't really. And it was an insecurity that I have. But more recently, it's been something that I've almost embraced, something that I've taken as something that makes me unique, makes me who I am. And it's something that doesn't really bother me anymore. And it started, I feel like, from the feeling that God has me who, where I want to be, and he has made me the way that I need to be to accomplish what needs to be done in my life you have insecurities in your life and they can only be used for good. This ties all the way back to the idea of wisdom and suffering and knowing it all. Suffering is something that never almost goes to waste. Whenever someone suffers, usually that gives them the drive to help others in the future so that this certain thing that they suffered with can't happen again. If someone goes through a some mental health issues, they may feel like they if they've never gone through it before, they feel, may feel like they've suffered a lot and they maybe they're depressed or anxious and once they've gone through that, they've gone through the fire, they have that empathy that they can use as fuel to help others have a better, not as much suffering. And this kind of goes into the fact with embracing who you are because it you realize that within your suffering, within your insecurities, you don't you may not fully understand what's happening, but you don't really need to. You don't need to feel like you deserve it and you don't really need to feel like it's wrong in a sense, I feel, because with the humble mind and wanting, looking towards wisdom, it is something that I think 
that you need to feel like <laughs> sorry I'm losing my words because it's just I can't say it enough it's you have insecurities and you have suffering and you may want to change that and you may want to throw it away and you may want your life to be different but in reality these things are fuel to push a bigger picture forward of good of prospering and that can only in how we know the world's a be come through suffering things will come and go people there's times to laugh and there's times to cry and it won't always be happy and this is funny because the very next page of this devotional I have is called crying and laughing and it taught it goes from the ver verse Ecclesiastes 3 1 and 4 talks about to everything there is a season and a time to every purpose under the heaven a time to weep and a time to laugh this is this la this verse really resonated with me because it's kind of an acceptance of what's happening to you and everything around you there's times to weep there's times to mourn there's times to be in sorrow and distress but there's also times to rejoice and have peace and help others. So it's kind of letting go in a sense and humbling your mind, not really feeling like you know everything. And it gives you freedom almost to explore what life has to offer. So the next thing I wanted to go through was my second journal that I have. Fast forwards all the way to March 2020 March 10th and let me look through it for a second yes so I talk about funny enough this idea um, wait <laughs> sorry why does it so I asked the question, why does it feel like a lot is happening when in reality it's not true? And then I go down and I'm talking about a lot of things where I feel like many things are happening in my life. It's a big shift in my life. I was getting closer to the end of my senior year for some context. And I was trying to push myself to be better and do things and it always didn't feel like I was doing the right things. And I got to the point where I f had thoughts that I was lazy. And I have a quote here where I say, Lord, help me to do something. I'm tired of sitting still and idle. I asked, am I lazy? Ups and downs, ups and downs, but for what purpose? I'm not the only one. I said that last piece because I had, had recently been talking to a few friends about some, just some hard things that go on in life and suffering. Just ups and downs, ups and downs. But for what purpose? I, I, I Even a year later, I'm still asking this question. It just, it's not going to get magically answered. And I wanted to fast forward all the way to my third journal where 
where I talk about a very, this is probably one of the most interesting things. So it was on May 14th of 2020 and I talked about happiness. So, and let's see. Yeah, so I say I want to write down something interesting I was thinking about the past few days. It has to do something with pleasure slash happiness on how temporary it is. Even with within hours, there is a difference. It's there and then it's gone. Yesterday was very fun with the Insta Live and small group and that was just at the beginning of the pandemic and I was doing something fun on Insta for church. I felt very connected and happy. This morning though, with that meeting we had, I was happy. Not sure what meeting it was, but I was happy. Tonight, my happiness went up and down. What gives? Am I not paying attention to my own nature? I seem to get tired fast and it kills me to stay with my friends, for example. Why do I stay? I feel hesitant to talk to people for some reason, for fear of rejection, I guess. I don't know, but I'm realizing how much my happiness level fluctuates. It's basically my thesis and my thesis of trying to become aware of my situation. Is, this, is something wrong? Do I ask? Lord, please let tomorrow be connection-filled and allow my heart to be full so I can show love to people. And this is very interesting because I had a, such a deep desire here that I feel like I was being blocked from. And this is another thing that kind of keys into why, like why me? Why can't I have something that's seemingly so pure, so good, so I guess moral in a perfect world, quote unquote, I should be able to do it. I should be able to connect with people and show love to them. Why does my body and my physical state, my mental state, not cooperate with my pure desires to have connection and show love to people? Why am I not filled up what is happening? So I was asking so many questions here and it almost left to no answer and I went to bed just kind of only with more questions. So a couple weeks later, May 25th, 2020, this was a really good journal entry and I wanted to read it. There are insecurities in my life. There's no denying that. This morning I've heard two things about this topic and I found some peace in it. I found comfort in the fact that God has put me in a place where he wants me to be. I have found comfort in the fact that God has put me in the place where he wants me to be. This is a very key thing that I feel is one of the keys to wisdom and the keys to being able to pursue through suffering and not have despair that the world is unfair and the world is unjust. I continue to say 
the opportunities that pop up that are aligned with his will is where he wants me. He will equip me. I don't have to change myself entirely to fit a role based on what others think I should how others think I should behave. I shouldn't change myself and I shouldn't try to change my even like physical location, force it in order to change and in order to what I think others think I should be. God has me and has made me the way he wants me to be. I go on to say, God is preparing me. I am not chosen by mistake. God made me. He's preparing me. Suffering trials, just like in James. There's going to be many trials in life. Just because you're a Christian doesn't mean you're free from trials. Just because you're a good person doesn't mean you're free from trials. You're going to have trials because a good father disciplines his kids. Just like Jordan Peterson says in his rule, in his 12 Rules of Life, which is a really good book, and I recommend reading it. But in rule number five, he says, do not let your children do anything that makes you dislike them. And he goes through this whole chapter talking about discipline and how it shapes a child and how it's good for the child and how it makes the child someone who can be accepted socially and be accepted and live a happy life. And it doesn't always come with being happy and being always merciful, always graceful. Discipline has to occur in order to correct the child, in order to have make, allow the child to learn. Because an empty no, just as Jordan says, an empty no without any type of punishment is empty, just like the word. And... I, I really recommend reading like the whole chapter through because me summarizing it and even the chapter title doesn't do it justice at all. It's very hard to explain what he's getting at with, with just such a short time. But he always advocates for using as little physical exertion as possible and stuff. So I think it's, I think it's really good if you ever want to look at 12 Rules of Life by Jordan Peterson, but back to the point, it, life, suffering, discipline, it's all trials and preparing me for the future and for possibly future life in heaven. And I continue to say, please, Lord, remind me that Please remind me of that daily so I can serve and lose myself for you every day. You created me the way I am, so it doesn't mean others need to be nice for me to be kind to them. I mirror others too much that a bad mood of someone else affects me greatly. Allow me to show steadfast love, Lord, and let me only mirror you. One fascinating thing about when I asked, remind me, Lord, of this, is I completely forgot <laughs> about this whole thing. And it was only it was only until about September, October, or November of 2020 that I was reminded of this from my mentor that I got whenever I tried out for LifeGate Band. They gave me a mentor. And one of his big advices was, 
God has you where he wants you to be. And it's the, he talked about the book, the, the need for hurry and how we always need to do the next thing. And we don't just sit back and realize God has me where he wants me to be. I don't need to rush out. I don't need to run away. (laughs) I don't need to change who I am so fast. And it's fascinating how I look back at these journal entries and how I've had a lot of the same questions. And it seems like they're getting kind of answered. But my mindset right now is one of realizing that God has made me who I am. He wants me to be where I am and make the best of it. And that's how I go through life. I I think it's been something that has helped me, I guess, with my self-esteem in a sense and like the insecurities that I've mentioned before. And it is also an interesting idea that you don't need to look, uh, look around you for the right place because where you are is where you need to be. It's just like with when you're talking to someone in public and you some people might be talking to you and you might realize that the person you're talking to is darting their eyes everywhere and they're not really interested. They feel like the fun is not where they are right now when in reality what they could do is focus their full attention on what's right in front of them and everything around them will realize that's where the fun is in a metaphorical sense but it's always it's made me realize that i don't need to hurry out of where i am right now i don't need to move super fast and all i need is what's right in front of me what i'm missing out on most is right in front of my face and a lot of times you don't see it thank you very much for listening and have a good day